Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to, to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. to the High Low Sports Podcast. I'm DJ, joined by Kelsey. We've been doing the top five rankings for NFL positions leading up to the kickoff to the regular season. Today, we're talking running backs, the most forgotten about position, and safety is probably one of the more overutilized positions these days with the way offenses work. Maybe not overutilized, but one that's become more important than previous years. I'm going to start things off with this list, Kelsey, if you don't mind. I'm going to start with safeties because... This is one that I feel really passionate about and teams are finally starting to recognize because he got shafted coming out of his draft. He was a first-round talent that did not get taken in the first round for no other reason than they don't like his name. I don't know why, but he is a stud. You do you, guy. Eddie Jackson, the safety on the Bears, he is basically everything Earl Thomas is when Earl Thomas was at his peak, maybe a little less athletic. He is the ultimate ball hawk. He sees the entire field. He, once he diagnoses the play, he attacks it like he runs a 4-2-40. When it comes to the, his ability to just hawk after the ball when it's in the air to get picks, fumbles, and most importantly, score touchdowns. Like that dude had, if I'm not mistaken, a pick six and a fumble recovery for a touchdown in the same game as a rookie. And this is before you had the Khalil Mack pass rush, the addition of Roquan Smith, Akeem Hicks exploding. Like This dude is a stud. He, he had next and he took next all in the same year, basically. At the start of the year, he's like, I got next. And then by the end of the year, he's like, nah, it's my turn. It, when it comes to the safety position, it is Eddie Jackson's league. I think he's overtaking it from everybody. There's a bunch of good safeties. It's Eddie Jackson's time at the top until proven otherwise right now. I think he's officially taking that mantle like a young Ed Reed did when they were like, oh, it's too early for him. What about guys like Brian Dawkins that are still older but great? Earl Thomas, when he took it, they're still looking at other guys that were before him. Bob Sanders, etc. You look at... Some of the more recent ones, trying to think of some other ones, but like Eric Berry, yeah, like he had next and unfortunately injuries in that unfortunate cancer situation kind of derailed it from him. But all those guys, they basically were on this Eddie Jackson trail where they exploded early in a few. Not very many people thought, everyone thought they'd be good, but they didn't think that's that next dude. I think Eddie Jackson's that next dude, and I think he took that mantle last year. You know, I, I will say, for a forgotten man, he did pretty well for himself. You know, coming out of Alabama, it's hard to 
Hard to I, I agree with everything you said except for the forgotten man part because the dude came out of Alabama. He was and part yet, of a national championship run, you know. And he, yet he, he still he's fine. He's fine wherever he gets drafted. He got paid enough at Alabama. So we're, we're not talking about money now. I mean, we know those Alabama <laughs> players get paid better than practice squad NFL players. We know this. But, yeah, yeah. No, but, but what I'm saying is he's a first-round talent that basically got overlooked because he was at Alabama and he's not one of the thick boys or a running back yeah. that's overdrafted and sucks like Trent Richardson or something like that. He, he was a stud safety in college and like, oh, no, he's maybe a second, third-round talent when he was a top 15 talent in that draft coming out. Yeah, that was my point. I I'll give you, I'll give you credit for that one, but I will take your forgotten man and I will raise you one, Kevin Byard. He is my number one safety, the man that's been forgotten by players, former players, probably other teams. Like the fact that he wasn't on the top one hundred was egregious. That dude, honestly, he's not on my list. I'll spoil that now. But it is by no fault of his own. I just had a different pick. But if you told me to take everyone besides Eddie Jackson off of this list to put him on there, I could not really argue. And yeah. what Deion Sanders did to that man's recognition was a travesty. Deion Sanders, that was embarrassing. Yeah. How do you not know that dude's in the NFL and say, you're just a fan? That's terrible. You're an NFL network analyst, and honestly, you've been terrible the last ten, six, ten years. Yeah. It's been embarrassing. So now, just want to say that. I absolutely hate that what he, how he basically, I don't want to say ruined Kevin Byard's career because he's obviously an all-pro stud. But he, he didn't gets, do any favors for him, for like, PR-wise, that's for sure. Especially when you're a fellow defensive back. I thought 21 in prime, this whole junk that you do. Like, How do you overlook Kevin Byard like that when you're an NFL analyst? Like, good on you for naming him number one. The fact that I'm in my top five is a little bit rude, and I'm kind of unhappy about that because I have him at like six, just because some of these other guys I like certain parts of their game. Thank you for picking Kevin Byard number one. It's, I'm glad yeah. you did it. Every, everything you said about Eddie Jackson applies to Kevin Byard. He's maybe not the level of vision that Eddie Jackson has, but he's still always around the ball. It's, it's crazy. And, and to, you know, maybe, maybe the reason why he gets overlooked so much, his name is Kevin. Like how many good Kevins have there been in the league in the last 20 years? I can't think of a really good Kevin lately. So maybe that's why it is. Maybe, maybe it's just the name. Maybe the, he needs to change his name to Earl Byard or something like the Kevin curse. Is this going to be a new thing? And yeah. This? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what else it is. Like every, how does somebody, maybe it's cause he's placed with the Titans it doesn't even make sense, and it's not like he's surrounded by like all pros that take away from his shine. I mean, Jarrell Casey's nice, Adore Jackson's a decent upcoming player for two years, but who else sticks out on there that would take his shine away? Exactly, I don't... like Brian Rappo, maybe, but like he's retired now, he's gone. Like it's it is Kevin Byard or bust for me in safety. Like I mean, if I have a number one pick at safety, it's going to be Kevin Byard, just because I I don't see any holes in his game. Like there's. If I look at his game on paper, I think he is above average in every position on the board. I don't think there's one that he's below average on. Except for, I mean, he's a little smaller, so sticking his nose in on somebody, maybe he gets run over once or twice by a Todd Gurley or two. And we'll get to that, you know, we'll get to Todd Gurley in in a minute. And he might not be the fastest or most physically gifted necessarily, but he's he's just a dude. Like, I don't know why he's overlooked. Maybe it's because he doesn't make, like, the game-changing plays, like... Well, it's he hard to do that when your team's when behind. When Marcus Mariota is your quarterback and he's broken the one game he plays well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then your running back situation, Derrick Henry doesn't get the ball till the last four weeks of the season for some reason. I, yeah, I don't know what it is. but That Titans team is broken. They need to, there's a lot of things that need to be worked on there. It's um, weird. They're a broken team that wins nine games and is almost in the playoffs. They're the weirdest team, how they win games, but at the same time they look terrible doing it sometimes. Exactly. But, yeah, so I got Kevin Byard at number one. You can't um, go wrong, and the fact that he's not on my list is kind of disappointing, but just some of the other – you said he's above average at everything else. All these other guys I picked are like an A at something. That's pretty much why I picked them, where yeah. Kevin Byard's a B-plus at everything. And then, you know, to play off your point of Eddie Jackson, he's my number two. I'm biased because he did go to Bama. I understand but, the inner hatred within you. The fact yeah, he's on this it, list it, makes it, you want to cut your wrists. It hurts a little bit to, to give the guys from the other side of the state of Alabama some credit, but – you know, Auburn Auburn West deserves a little bit of credit with Eddie Jackson. They they turned out a good safety there. Um, the dude's a stud. Everything you said about him is true. I mean, I think he has a little bit more benefit than Kevin Byard. He has Adrian Amos next to him, who did in his own Amos. right. Not anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, but in, in his growth period, yeah. you know. And don't get me wrong. Like in his own right, he had him there and. That adds a little bit of buffer for him. I think um, that's kind of what I did to boost Eddie Jackson's with all those all those dogs, if you want to call them that. He still was the one making those game changing plays, yeah. like those like we're splitting hairs. He's your number two. He, he's like, I like I said, I love Kevin Byer. The fact that 
Deion Sanders basically ignored him like that when he was an all-pro. It's just as blasphemy. You are paid millions of dollars to know your spit, and yeah. this, that's what you do. And like, it's on Twitter, of all things, too. Like, you look stupid doing that. Yeah. Kevin Byard, I, I feel like there's just some, some reason he gets overlooked. I don't get it. But the dude's going to go in the books if he continues with the rowdy rate he's going. He's going to be one of the best safeties to play the game. He has Hall of Fame potential on his and, play right now. Absolutely. And he might be the most overlooked guy with Hall of Fame potential. I mean, there's guys that have no Hall of Fame potential that get all the loudest. Jameis Winston. Moving on, we don't want to talk about Jameis Winston here. <laughs> Number two, I have a guy who doesn't look like he's going to play the whole – he's going to miss some time this season, but – Derwin James, the young fella at, out in San Diego, and I know it's L.A., but I'm calling San Diego because it's blasphemous there in L.A. I will fight this point until I die. Yeah. But he can play linebacker. He can play safety. He can play corner. He can play outside linebacker and rush the passer. He got sacks last year. He got picks. He forced fumbles. He. I remember in the top 100, they show one play. It was a weird handy redesign where everybody just kind of randomly ends up open, including I think it was DeAnthony Thomas or someone along. I can't remember his name. He's a burner. Running a streak up the field, Derwin James is 10 yards behind. He's like, oh, shoot. Turns around, un- somehow gets back there in time underneath a Patrick Mahomes bomb and breaks it up. He does everything. You put him as sub-linebacker, he'll stop the run, kill your tight end. You have him rush the quarterback, he'll break your running back and your quarterback in the same play. Yeah. He could probably guard your number one receiver if they didn't already have Casey Hayward. They could put him anywhere. If he's out for a long period of time, like let's say more than a handful of games, that L.A. defense is still going to struggle. Even though they have both, so they have other talent, that dude's going to make it. He makes everyone's job easier. He makes Casey Hayward, who's already fantastic. He basically make it. You can't throw in his direction because he's just going to play underneath. If they get over the top and Derwin James is playing single high, I don't want to catch that ball if I know his giant destructive self is sprinting at me. Yeah, no, they talk about you know receivers being afraid to go over the middle. Derwin James is the reason receivers are afraid to go over the middle against San Diego, L.A. Like, it's that's- crazy how he like. He's 6'2", 220, so he's big, but he looks so skinny. So it's like, ah, oh, he's not going to, oh, God, he just killed me. Like, Yeah, he just killed a man. It just happened. And he has a nose for the ball, which is not quite like Eddie Jackson, which is honestly the splitting factor with I had with those two. And like Kevin Byard, who has a better nose for the ball, but he still makes all those plays, too. Yeah. And see, you know, Derwin James, it's because he can play so many positions. I don't have him on my list because, to me, I look at him as that sort of star – He's a Swiss Jack Army knife. <laughs> like, you know, they, they have that new position they call star in a lot of formations. and Tyree Matthew type Exactly, guys. yeah. That what, honey badger that really kind of brought it to fruition. And, and then what the Steelers do with Troy Palomalu, except Troy kind of sucked compared to a lot of these guys. I don't care what anyone said. Troy was overrated, but go ahead. Yeah, no, he was, he was, only, he was only good about his hair. That was the only thing I cared about with Troy Palomalu. Moving forward. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, Daryl James, I just I, – the reason I don't have him on my list is I just – I look at how much he can do. He spends 50% of his time at safety, but then he spends 50% of his time at other positions as well. So if you're playing fantasy sports, usually what that will break down to is that guy gets listed safety slash something else. He's and weird. so there's – you know, for him, it's what is your primary role? And, yeah, I know it's a safety, but if unless you're spending 80% of your plays at safety, for me, I can't put him on my list. And that's nothing against the guy. Everything you said is 100% true, but I just – I can't put him there just because I don't I don't feel like he's just a solid safety. I don't feel like he'll end his career as a safety. I feel like he might make that Brian Urlacher leap and become a linebacker. Let's change the conversation to best defensive backs in the league right now. Where would you would you rank him in the top five maybe then? In best defensive backs? Oh, he's probably just outside the top five for no other reason than i got to throw corners in there as well. But I do think as far as most influential defensive player – He's 100% up there in the top 10. But if you're picking defensive players in the first round of a third of a draft base, like a fancy yeah. draft, he's going in the top 10 if you, can, oh, if you have to take defense yeah. first round. Like, I, you get a guy that's, you know, he's a ball hawker. He, he is a hitter. I mean, he's you, a sack artist. You don't a, want to play against him because it's like the Aaron Donald thing we talked about in our defensive linemen and our pass rushers. It's, you can't he's do so that. He's so effective in so many different things. What. How do you stop him? How do you slow him down is, is is the question. You can't run near him because he will kill somebody. Can't run away from him because he will track you down. Yeah, he can't run away from you because he'll be the guy pushing the ball out of bounds or killing somebody on the backside. And you can't, do you really want to lose your star receiver blocking on the backside? I don't want to do that. You you can block him, but he gets off blocks pretty well. He's good yeah, size. Like, just, he's an ultimate freak of nature. And 
honestly, you're kind of right about him being the flex, but I still think of him as a safety. That's why I have him higher. He's the ultimate. He does everything you want. I mean, he's he's Bob Sanders and Brian Urlacher's body almost sort yeah. of thing. It's amazing. And it's it, it was hard for me to leave him off this. I will say that. It was really, really hard to say, you know what? You're going to be the casualty for the mm. safety list. Like The safety list is really weird because there's like seven guys that are top five safeties. It's a weird thing. Like, yeah, that's exactly. kind of what happened with Kevin Byard, and it killed me to keep him off. But It's your personal choice at this point. And then, so that was your number two was Eddie Jackson, it sounded like. Yeah, my, my, Eddie Jackson, number two on my list for sure. So number three, I have the premier thumper in today's game with Cam Chancellor being gone, Jamal Adams. The je- the president, as he calls himself on Twitter. like the El Jets, Presidente. He's my president, but he's the he's ultimate. He's a better president than my president. He's the ultimate hitter in the league we have now. <laughs> the dude runs a 4-3. His biceps look like tree trunks sometimes. He only had, he doesn't pick the ball as much as you'd like. He only had a couple picks last year, and he didn't have any his rookie year. Put him in the box. Everything was about Derwin James times two, honestly. Yeah. He forces fumbles. He crushes people. You were you saw what he did to the Patriots mascot. I mean. <laughs> Accidentally I, jumps on him and, and kills the kid. And yeah, exactly. He's. He's a linebacker playing safety who can cover anyone. They talked about him playing corner at some point, too, and he's like, whatever it takes, man. He's he's everything Derwin James is, honestly, maybe a little bit less with taking the ball away from picks. Like He's a gamer. Like, 100% Jamal Adams is a gamer. I have him later on my list, but he is a gamer to me that's – and he, he's going to get some help here this year, too. I think this year we could see him stick out more. You know who he reminds me of is a more modern-age Sean Taylor. That yeah. big, scary athlete that you do want, not want any part of. And he that, does that in this you-can't-kill-guys-at-the-head head league. If you put him in, like, 10 years ago when the head issue, head issue wasn't as big of a deal. You oh, my. You, the NFL's greatest hits, volume one, two, and three every year? Yeah. yeah. In fact, he might be the reason they changed the rules for that. Because <laughs> dude's a stud. I love watching him. If the Jets kind of take that next step in these next two years with him, Darnold, Le'Veon Bell... He's going to lead the way, man. He's a stud. Oh, yeah. And you get C.J. Mosley in on that defense, too, and it's going to help him out a lot. And, and Quinnen Williams joining that front seven with yeah. Leonard Williams. Like, my goodness. That that team has so much potential if they get it to click. If they can get the receiver, Robbie Anderson, to stay out of jail, basically, and never drive again. Can we can we get the Jets just one season where they put it together? I don't care. I just I just want to see them. I just want to see them step back into the limelight. Of old. Like, if they're not plus, gonna do also, well. I don't want to see the Patriots win that division again. I'm Basically, biased. if they're not going to do well, not because they get in their own way, make it because they suck, which, unfortunately, I think the last couple of years they've gotten in their own way. Yeah. You have your quarterback now. I think – I know you don't like the USC quarterbacks as much, especially not Sam Darnold with that surfer boy look on his face. You know, but it's there's something about Darnold, though. I feel like, yeah, he has that surfer boy, that really punchable surfer boy face. But that dude can ball, and he showed it. He like, can play. They like, got their quarterback. He's 21 years old right now coming with a year of experience. He, he's a gamer. And, and I feel like I can for, say that about a lot of the new guys the Jets have gotten. They get a lot of gamers right now. And it's like, if, if the, the it's on the line, I'll take a team full of gamers over a team full of good players because you don't know how they're going to react. A team full of gamers is going to do exactly what you just said. Whatever it takes. The Raptors basically were a team full of gamers with one superstar. I mean, yeah, they, granted, it took a bunch, it took some injuries, but I mean, we get the point. The point's still the same. Gamers be lucky than good sometimes. The Mavericks against that Miami Heat team in 2010-2011. Bunch of gamers and Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah. Like, gamers, you called it. That's a perfect way to describe them. I want to see this Jets team take off. Yeah, and Jamal Adams, I, I 100% agree with everything you said, but like I said, he's not that high on my list. If he got more picks, I think it'd be unquestioned, honestly. I think yeah. I had him at three exclusively based on everything besides picks, basically. If he had picks, him and Eddie Jackson are head buddy at the top. And you mentioned Sean Taylor as a comparison for him. I think that's perfect because if you look at if you're just talking to a, somebody who watches the NFL only on Sundays and doesn't pay attention to everything in the week, he probably gets overlooked on this list. A lot like how Sean Taylor did. You know, if you weren't paying attention to the Redskins or you didn't have a team in the division, like I'm a Cowboys fan. And I had to watch that team go up against Sean Taylor and the Redskins. I hated it. Hmm. I absolutely hated it because that man is going to kill somebody. Hmm. But if you don't know about him, you overlook him easily because outside of the game, honestly, they're, they're pretty quiet. Like, Jamal Adams doesn't do anything wrong. He's he's funny. He's a funny guy. He makes joking comments off the field. But it's like on the field, that man, yeah. players know his name, coaches know his name, and Fans of that team know his name, and fans of the other team know his name. If New York right. takes off and becomes like a surprise, let's say surprise ten and sixteen, some ten and six team somehow, yeah. and let's say makes the playoffs, 
a lot of people are going to know his name because he's going to be a Cal's find, especially in that New York media market. Oh, God. A lot of people will know him once this team – I think this team – I'm not going to say has next because I've used that phrase like three times today. But, but they he, could, he, it's, it's possible. When the Patriots when slash if they ever start to fall off a little bit, here come the Jets. I think they're the team that's coming up in that division. More than the Bills, I like Josh Allen and what they're doing. More than the Dolphins, they got Josh Rosen, and they're retooling from the – they're starting at the bottom right now. Yeah. So the Jets are next in that division. And Jamal Adams will lead that charge. I do agree with that. Exactly. So, so for my number three, I got an aging vet, guy who just switched teams. Earl, the middle fingers. I can see him now. Earl Thomas. And this is simply because you wish he was on the Cowboys. Oh, I 100% wish he was on the Cowboys. The Jones family, you messed this one up, guys. Should have traded that first-round pick. Granted, you, you, traded, you, you traded it for Amari Cooper, so I guess it worked out either way. But I mean. Yeah, you, you should have just done it. I, mm-hmm. I hate to say it. Earl Thomas deserves to be in the silver and blue in Dallas, but instead he's in the purple and black and gold in Baltimore, and he's about to destroy teams in the AFC. And God, I hope he, ta- he picks off Ben like 17 times, but that's beside the point. If we talk about a prototypical ball hawk, a guy who probably coined the term ball hawk in this day and age. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Brian Dawkins. Not as one, much of a ball hawk like this yeah, guy is. But, but Dawkins was that in the box safety who got picked. So this Ed, guy. And Ed Reed, again, not as not that level. This dude finds the ball and he breaks up anything. And I'm, even old. Even as an old man, he's still flying across the field. I don't get it. I don't know where he finds the legs to do it, but he does it. I think basically after Ed Reed retired and towards the end of his, he was that best safety in football. I think he was basically up until just recently. He is everything we said about Eddie Jackson. Earl Thomas has been there, done that. I just think he's taken a few steps down. So he's at like my seven, eight. He's the one who just missed this list for me too. Can't argue with anything you said other than he's a little smaller. He's had some injury dingas in the past, but he does everything like, Honestly, him and Eddie Jackson are the, kind of the same type of player to me. That's the way they attack and find the ball. Earl Thomas is clearly a little more naturally faster. I mean, he ran like a 4-4 while pulling his hamstring at the, on the last five yards. Yeah. I think <laughs> That's crazy. He's not as much of a hitter. Granted, he does have that one big hit stick when he killed Gronkowski's soul. He has and, it in him, but he just – I feel like he plays smarter now, so he doesn't he's do too that. small to be doing it to those guys. Like, he's like 5'10", maybe 200 pounds. I don't know. Yeah, like, it's, it's pretty close. I mean, he's a tiny guy. Like, he's, he's a baller. He's a gamer. Everything you said about him is true. I just think he's taken a couple steps down, so he's not number one. The like he's already a Hall of Famer. Clear yeah. cut and done. He looked pretty good last year before that injury too. Like he mostly, he was, I think it was just the Cowboys because when Dak's on the ball, it's not as I mean you, yeah, you know Dak. about Dak. It, yeah. it's, it's it's Dak. You put an asterisk next to pass defenses when they play Dak. Dak because it's when you play Dak, it's it's is it passing really? Like are we really talking? Like, well, that's a, again. Anyway, yes, we agree. Earl Thomas is a stud, deserves to be on this list. I don't have him on there. I can't really argue yeah. too much. Like, I just think he's on the decline, unfortunately. Like, I think I think if he le- leaves Seattle two years earlier than when he does, I think he is, well, maybe after the end of the Super Bowl where they lost to the Patriots. I think that's if he leaves then, I think we're talking a different story right now with Earl Thomas because I think he doesn't experience that I have to put the team, my de- this defense on my back. And I think there was a did. lot of tension you could tell, too. Yeah. Like, I think... It's weird when you're playing with a coach you, I don't want to say he doesn't respect him, but he clearly didn't like him. He gave him the bird on the way off the field after that. Yeah, I mean, it tells you a lot about him when a, a guy that's respected around the league is flipping off his coach because he got hurt. Like, you know, it's it tells you a lot. Whether it was his coach or his general manager, that's still up for debate. Really, nobody's ever said and confirmed what happened, but he was flipping off people on the sideline. And he said it wasn't his teammates. He has said it was the coach, too. So, like, yeah, so. We've, we've confirmed it's not that. But anyway, I agree with you. For me at number four, I have a guy who's – I almost only have him here because he is a quarterback of a defense from the safety position. He's kind of like Kevin Byer a little bit. I think he's a little bit better tackling, a little bit better covering tight ends. Malcolm Jenkins on the Eagles. I think during that Super Bowl run, especially, he redefined that defense because they, they had a really good pass rush. Everyone knew that. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, the squad – they rotated them constantly, like, all right, new guy, new guy, new guy, kept him fresh. It helps when you have that guy on the back end guiding everybody. Like, all right, basically what you see, Luke Keekley, Bobby Wagner, those stud linebackers who quarterback the defense, he does that from the back end. And on top of that, he can cover deep, he covers in the box, he tackles, he could be your slot corner, which he played a lot of. 
he was a corner when he came out of Ohio State, too. I mean, the Saints yeah, probably yeah. kind of wish they had kept him, especially for that Minnesota miracle a couple years ago. Ooh. Yikes. But anyway, I, I think he's the ultimate quarterback of the defense still. Every, a lot of like we said about Earl Thomas, he's a little bit older. He's probably not quite the same as he was, but I still think he's a top-tier safety. And just the, with his brain alone, I think that puts him in the top five for me. And he can he was a corner, so he guards tight ends and slot receivers better than honestly a lot of corners do for some teams. Like, yeah, he's I think he's gonna be the most likely on my list to fall off quickly just because he's an older guy and his athleticism's starting to wane just a wee bit. So he's kind of like my designated quote unquote old guy who's gonna probably be replaced on this list next year. But right now, that dude, he, that dude, he's, I'll give you that he's good, uh, but he's also an eagle. So you know I don't put eagles on my list. Yeah, so, this isn't the tight end list, so I cannot put. I, I can't just put an eagle up there right now. Um, I'm a little biased, but yeah, no, Malcolm Jenkins, he is good. I, I give you that. Everything you said is right, but to me, I just I, I don't know. I think he might have been a better corner than he was safe, as a safety, but with you, with a brain like his, with his football IQ, it's hard to say that and like not know that I'm purely speaking on my own bias against the Eagles. Like that's. That's it. That's the only reason I'm saying that. Like, from a football knowledge standpoint, the dude's second to none. I mean, maybe Earl Thomas might have a bigger football IQ than him. Who do you have it for, then, if you don't so, have Malcolm J? So, number four, uh, Jamal Adams okay, so. is, my, is my number four. So, you know, the next Malcolm Jenkins, if you will, but with a bigger hit stick than Malcolm with a, Jenkins. With a broken hit stick? He's, <laughs> he's going he's gonna to hurt a lot of guys once they get... If he could hit people like they did back in the day, there would be a lot of injuries on his behalf. Oh, the Jets would never give up a touchdown. Just out of fear, if nothing else. Like. Yeah, like everybody would be like, no, I don't want to run past the second level. Like, I do not make me go to the safety level. I don't want to hit, get hit. All like, right, we're yeah. just going to do a toss play. All five linemen, ignore the defensive linemen, go chase that guy. Yeah, I can juke the defensive linemen. Guys, go block Jamal Adams. Just, just block Jamal Adams. <laughs> we'll make the rest work. Exactly. So that's my number four. Um... But yeah, everything you said about Jamal Adams is is right. I just it's kind of the same thing as, as some of our other lists. I just have him lower just because he is younger still. He needs and he needs, he, he, he needs something else. You know, he needs to, to take game. the ball away a little bit more with interceptions. Like as a safety, you need more than I think two picks in two years. Which it's kind of weird to say, and I don't mean to criticize his game because I'm not criticizing. I obviously have him as the third best safety in spite of that. Yeah. But I understand you have him a little bit lower based just for that reason too. Exactly. So at number five, I have. Your boy, your probably your favorite safety in the league, Jeff Heath. That dude is a torpedo. Jeff Heath, he dives into the ball. He is in no, every single uh-uh. play. This is not a real list anymore. <laughs> no, you're lying to me. There's okay. no way. In all seriousness, you okay. I was gonna God. go on. I was like, I, I was about to quit this podcast and walk right off. <laughs> I had a long fake speech planned for this one about how he's a ball hawk. He's always in every play. Anytime you see. Anytime you watch a Cowboys game, you see 38 fly across your TV screen. Yeah, you're right. Fly across the TV screen because he got <laughs> thrown by a lineman for being out of position. Like, the only time Jeff Heath ever does anything good is when you put him on the bench or he's a backup kicker actually having to kick the ball. My like, actual number five, though, is a guy who he came out the same year as Jamal Adams, and he hasn't – I don't think he's quite made that jump yet to be the elite safety that I think he will be. And those injuries have been a killer for him, but I like Malik Cooker on the Colts. This dude, they compared him to Earl Thomas coming out. You put Clay cover three or cover one, let him roam center field, you're not going over the top of him. Nope. He's If he was playing in that game against Kansas City, I think that changes the Colts' defense a lot because they can have him play center field. Like, all right, you know Tyreek Hill's going deep. You're going to roam in the middle, and when Patrick tries to get it to him, you can cover that distance. And that could have let them take away Travis Kelsey a little more underneath. We saw it. He only has a handful of picks last year. I think he only had two or three. One of them was to beat the Giants during Eli Manning trying to drive the game. He had, like, three of them in three games, I think it was, his rookie. He had that one against Seattle where he caught it off a tip with one hand and stiff-armed that heck out of J.D. McKissick. I just remember that one because that was on top play. Not ESPN top plays, but, like, an NFL top plays because I thought it was a LaDainian Tomlinson stiff arm. Oh, yeah. Like, the dude's a true ball hawk in every sense of the word. He didn't have as many picks because teams honestly avoided him. That Colts defense had plenty of other holes to exploit. You avoid Darius Leonard as best you can, and you don't throw Malik Cooker. Everything else is kind of fair game at that point. And, and maybe kept, or, uh, Moore. Well, Moore's blitzing every play, so you don't yeah. have to worry about it. <laughs> That's true. Anyway, so like, he's. A, I think he's going to be the next prototypical center fielder like an Earl Thomas, like an Eddie Jackson. He's. I think he proved he has that in him when he's healthy. And I think last year, 
basically like pro football focus ranked him as a high-rated safety even though his stats didn't show it because everyone's like that's the boogeyman back there i'm avoiding that guy especially yeah. when there's so many other easier routes to victory even patrick mahomes he did not force the ball downfield not even, not to malik hooker side for sure and i know like, malik didn't play but at the same time like that's what the Colts had to do. They had to have two deep safeties basically the whole game because Willie Cooker covers that problem. Yeah. They didn't give up a lot of deep down-the-field plays. I mean, especially later in the season once they started clicking. Like, I know Josh Gordon got deep on him once in that Patriots game. Like, it, obviously no one's perfect, but he, him alone just helps prevent them from giving up big plays. He lets them get really creative up front with blitzing Kenny Moore every play, Darius Leonard doing Darius Leonard things. Like, Having that true safety, I think, can redefine that defense if he stays healthy and he continues to see the field a little bit cleaner. Like, yeah. once he gets that Eddie Jackson, Earl Thomas vision going, which just comes with repetition and being on the field, and it's over for you, you know what. See, like, I yeah. mean, Eddie Jackson has two full years of playing, three full years of playing, plus the film study. Hooker, unfortunately, that knee injury his rookie year set him back so far, I think. But yeah. I think he's, quote-unquote, he's got next to, I mean, Jamal Adams – He's been healthy, and he's established himself as the thumper from that draft. I think Hooker's going to establish himself as the hawk. Yeah. And he's made, he's a clean tackler, too. I mean, he doesn't kill people, but you don't he doesn't get ran over. He doesn't get ran by very often. No. He reminds me, you know, there's something about Indianapolis getting these safeties that just make big plays in clutch moments. Malik Hooker has that kind of feel to him, that Bob Sanders type feel. It's the dreads. It, I mean, I don't know what it is. Maybe it is the dreads. I, I don't know. But he, he just reminds me a lot of the Bob Sanders style. And that it's just a prototypical Colts good safety is just like a playmaker like, basically. Like. Yeah, you just you sit back there, you read the play, you address the situation, and you fill the gap. Whatever and, needs to be done for that play, make it happen. If the running back gets the edge, you come down and make the tackle. If the yeah. receiver's breaking, making a breaking in route, you come down and smack him or break it up. If they're going yeah. over the top, you get your butt from one hash mark to the other sideline, and you take it away or you bat it down. Yeah, and and unfortunately. He is following in Bob Sanders' footsteps with the injury, too. I hope it fix, it, he doesn't keep going down this road. I do hope he can play a lot of full seasons to come. I hope that it's not something that, that sort of bugaboo that sticks with him, that injury bug. I, I hope he can shake it. Uh, but, I mean, because honestly, I, I do think you're right. I do think he has that potential to be the next ball hawk out of that draft, that, that dude that you just don't want to throw near. I mean, he's already shown glimpses of it. It's... That rookie year when he was fully healthy show. Last year, you could tell he was still a little bit slower with coming off the injury, but when he was on, he well, he had his moments. And I just I just think he has next, honestly. I'd probably overrank him a little bit, which we tend to do hey, sometimes. You know, I, wanna, I just want to be right before everybody else, I guess, maybe. Yeah, I, we'll look back at this at the end of the year, and we'll figure out where we were. But you're, I, in my eyes, I do see Malik Hooker being up there. I don't know if it's yet. I don't have him on my list, but... That's also because outside you got to make room for Jeff Heath. I mean, you got to make room for him. So. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was well. It's, it is another white safety, so we'll see. Um, it's not Jeff Heath, though. Oh well, you narrowed it down on that one. So let's hear. Yeah, I know it was only like four in the league, but uh, I got Harrison Smith at number five. Another guy who's probably better than Hooker on paper, but I like what Hooker is trending towards a little bit yeah. more. And as far as the ball hawking, just yeah, Harrison Smith is that thumper type of dude, though. Back He's that there dude who just makes a play somehow. Yeah, he. You, we talked about Jamal Adams being a gamer. Harrison Smith. I mean, ever since he came out of Notre Dame, he has been He's been everything you could hope for and more. He's just He always makes up play. It might not be a pick. It might not be a forced fumble. It might just be a tackle. It might be a pass breakup. It might be taken on a block or someone else gets the tackle behind the line. Like, yeah. He just makes plays. And if you watch him play, it's like, that dude was part of that play almost every time. Exactly. And, you know, it, you look at the, this Vikings team. You, I don't know if you remember the old Adrian Peterson jerseys, those different Vikings colored yeah. He was the guy that they showed the defensive plays for. Like he, When they show a defensive highlight, usually Harrison Smith was in on it. And it's still that way now. It's just it's crazy to see. And so that's why I put him up at number five. I, just, I feel like he's been overlooked for so long that, if nothing else, it's a small honor. But you know what, Harrison Smith? I'm going to honor you with putting you in my top five. Jeff Heath doesn't even get this honor, and he plays for my favorite team. So... Good on you. This definitely ranks up there with getting drafted for the in his career too. This is a top five highlight moment. Oh, it better be. God, I like. It's gotta be. So we're gonna transition now. We've talked a lot about safeties and defense. We're gonna talk safeties, kind of the mismatch on deep on defense, like the guys that could do a little bit of everything that you have to account for doing a lot of things. We're gonna talk about the offense position that could do a little bit of everything. Well, it used to be the unanimous Heisman Trophy winning position back in college back in the day. Yeah. The running backs. 
So number one, I think we have the same guy, but let's hear what you have to say. Yeah, I, I, obviously, I feel like this is pretty unanimous. If he plays this year, um, all things considered, uh, it's definitely unanimous. But Zeke, number one overall, I, I just the dude is is that dude. He he his celebration of eating it represents his everyday play because he is the only offense in Dallas. I'm sorry. You can't trust Dak to throw his way out of a paper bag, even if it's open on every end. Like, we agree on that part at least. So Zeke is is the dude. You give him the ball, he somehow gets a positive gain on almost every play, unless you know he just gets stopped. Plus, he has that offensive line, so he's not going down anytime soon. Um, I don't know how many negative plays he's ever had in his career, but I'm pretty sure I can count it on my fingers and toes. It feels like you know, it's like. You don't really see it with the dude. Um, you saw the game versus Pittsburgh a couple years back, like two years ago. Three years ago is his rookie year, actually. I yeah, yeah. Time. So uh, coming down in the fourth quarter, they're, you're down, and you're not throwing the ball. You're giving it to Zeke, and he breaks off a 20-some-odd-yard run up the middle. Like, that has more to say about Dak than it does about Zeke, but I know <laughs> yeah. what you're getting at. But I guess the Steelers' defense at the time, that was really good. I mean, yeah. that was pre-Ryan Chazier's back going and running away from him. So, you know, that's uh, – I don't know. I just look at Zeke, and I just – I can't think of a better number one running back right now. I wish that we didn't have to worry about copyrights right now, but I'm going to quote my boy Roy Jones Jr. Y'all must have forgot who the real number one running back is. That is Le'Veon Bell. He took a year off, and people are forgetting everything that Zeke does, Le'Veon Bell does with less. His offensive line in Pittsburgh was good. It wasn't Dallas good. Zeke can catch. Le'Veon Bell had 80 snags and is the best receiving running back besides two guys that we'll talk about probably later, I'd imagine. If one of them's not on your list, I don't know what's wrong with you, but that's beside the point. Hey, a little bias shows every once in a while. I can tell that's why you have Zeke at number one over yeah. Le'Veon Bell. And this is obviously assuming that Le'Veon Bell did not put on 80 pounds over the offseason, but looking at training camp, it does not look like it. We're not going to see him in preseason. He's going to a team with a lot less talent than the Cowboys. I guarantee he will still crack 1,200 rushing yards and more than 500 receiving yards. He will carry that offense in and out while with them taking the load off of him, too. They kept Powell as a running back to – because I don't think they wanted to put 500 touches on Bell. They gave him a five-year contract, I think it was. Yeah, they want was. him to be Le'Veon Bell for five years. They don't want to Larry Johnson or DeMarco Murray him into the ground for two years and watch him fade. Ouch. DeMar- DeMarco was 100% the Cowboys' fault, too. <laughs> it was their fault, and I was a huge DeMarco fan coming out when he came out of Oklahoma, and they did him dirty. Oh, yeah. They, they, got, lo- they got lucky they found Zeke a couple years later, but – Zeke's a stud. I am not taking anything away from him, but people forget Le'Veon Bell, by position, is the best running back in football. In my humble opinion, I can tell you're scoffing at this because no, I dare no, pick no, someone on, over on. a cowboy. Hold on. No, I, I must say, I didn't forget Le'Veon Bell, but I have a rule, and I said it during our linebackers video. If you didn't play the year before, you're not going to be the top ranked. But we're, we'll see. So, he didn't play last year. He's on my list. And he's my number two. I agree everything you said. And he's probably a better pass catcher than anybody else in the league. And what he does in the hole, being able to stop, adjust in the hole, jump cut, I don't get how he does it. It doesn't make sense. Whereas Zeke's a full-on, full-bore guy. Zeke's a weird truck sticker that has a subtle sidestep. Like, he doesn't run people over, but he runs through them while avoiding the contact. It's the weirdest thing. Like, he doesn't run through people, but he avoids enough of them to where he still falls forward. It's the weirdest thing because he doesn't – crush through people like a Larry Zonka, but he doesn't shake them like Le'Veon Bell or those guys. He shakes them enough to avoid getting tackled backwards and then falls forward for five yards somehow. Yeah, and, and you know, and, to your point on Le'Veon, I don't know how he does it, but he's 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 subtle quick. Like, he's he's slow fast. Like, I don't, it doesn't make sense, but he slows himself down, and is while well, everybody's moving 100 miles per hour around him, he's able to slow himself down and make the exact right move at the exact right time. And my worry, the reason why he's not my top running back, he's going to the Jets, and I don't know what he's going to do after not playing for a year. Maybe his production doesn't show best running back, but I think he's the best running back because you put him on on the Cowboys, oh, sweet Jesus, as long as you don't let – even Dak can throw the ball to Le'Veon Bell. Look, like, he I can throw, throw the ball to Le'Veon Bell in exa- my sleep. Exactly. Like, like, and don't get me wrong, I have Zeke at number two. Literally for so, the exact same reasons you named him, the only – I'm just thinking like – Le'Veon Bell's a 99, in my opinion, where Zeke's a 98 and a half. You know and the difference is, is is I have a moral code on picking my... <laughs> moral code and you pick Zeke. I mean, have yeah, you seen that absolutely. guy's rap sheet? <laughs> hey, hey, he hasn't been convicted yet. 
Yeah. What is Le'Veon Bell being convicted of besides holding no, out? No, I didn't no, say okay. he got convicted. I just said he didn't play last year, and so he doesn't get the top ranking. And that's my rule for everybody. Tevin Smith was the reason I... Was I, he going to be your top-ranked guy if he did play next year? I mean, like... Yeah, we'll see. Maybe Tevin Smith can pull something out. But, no, Le'Veon... I, I, I do think Le'Veon... It was, it was because I was projecting towards this Le'Veon thing. It's, it's the same reason he got left out of the top 100. You, you look at it, he didn't play last year. The top 100 list is kind of broken, too, because yeah, they don't well, know what are they talking from last year? Are they talking about going into next year? Are they talking about career? I mean, if they were talking about just last year, how is Patty Mahomes not number one, or at least that's, number two? That's a good question. If you're talking legacy, it's Tom Brady every year, and it's stupid. If we're talking going into next year, who on paper looks like they have the best team going into next year, it's really the Eagles, honestly, with the Eagles, the Cowboys, or the Patriots. You're so, not wrong. I'm just I know what you're getting at, and... If you I don't just, play last year, you can't make the NFL top 100. When we made this list going into next year with everyone being healthy, hey, L. Bell for the win. Pro I, Bowl, here he comes. I if, won't say anything. I will just say that at the end of the season, you're going to be right on this because I don't think Zeke plays this season anyways. Oh, Zeke, that's an, he's my number two because of everything you said. I just like L. Bell a little bit more on all of them. So we basically yeah. sounds like we have the same top two in different orders. Yeah, you just flip flop the top two. And if so. Zeke plays this year, maybe it proves me wrong because he's looking in good shape down there in Cabo. I mean, he's hey, still he, ripped. He, that dude still can play. I mean, take him on my team if I'm taking a running back. Him and Zeke, not him, Zeke and L. Bell are my top two picks for running back. Yeah, no, I mean, don't be wrong. When that dude goes to Cabo, he comes back a different human for better yeah. and for worse. I mean, well, some hey, things you might bring back with you, you don't want to bring back. But I'll say this. If you send any other NFL player to Cabo, I can guarantee they don't come back in shape. You send Zeke to Cabo, the dude comes back 10 pounds lighter and literally just destroying teams. I don't get why he does it. So if the Cowboys can figure... Just pay the man. Yeah, Just exactly. tell Dak you're getting 25, you're not getting 30 or 40. Just, just tell don't pay his... Okay, we're going to move on because I don't need to get you into a Dak tie right now. No, Who you already you got Jeff Heath with me earlier. Now you're getting on me on the Dak track. Who do you have it's at just, number three? Uh, number three, it's the other man holding out, Melvin Gordon. Interesting. I'm going... The man who didn't score a touchdown his rookie year, and you hate him for that. I absolutely do because I drafted him because I, I love that man coming out of college. I think that man is as good as he's supposed to be, but... For some reason, he just didn't score a touchdown as a rookie. I don't get it. I don't know what's going. He was literally. It's like he. It's like the second baseman who wakes up one morning and can't throw the ball to first. He just couldn't get his hair in the end zone. He had to just get one dread, one dread in the lot in the end zone, and he couldn't do it. Well, he sure has done it since then, though. That's but for sure. exactly. I stopped drafting him, and then all of a sudden, you know, what? it's my fault because I drafted him so high at his rookie year and expected so much from him in my fantasy football leagues that I put the curse on him. Way to go. The curse of Kelsey continues. And it's, you know what? The one thing about him, that man has some quick feet. Like, with those ladder ooh. drills, I bet it is scary to watch him do the ladder drills. It, good, everything we talked about, Bell, he's a pretty he's pretty equal in that, oh, good luck tackling him in the open field. Where Bell does in the phone booth, I don't understand how. But Yeah, I don't. Elvin Gordon does that stuff in the open field. It's like, those feet were going 1,000 miles an hour laterally. It's like the Roadrunner's feet in the old cartoons when he's taking yeah. off. It's like, wow, how does he do you know the Melvin old saying, Gordon's, slow feet don't eat. That man doesn't have to worry about not eating. He he's nice eat and full. He's, he wants. He's, co- he's sitting cozy, and he can catch the ball, and he's gotten – I love Melvin Gordon. I left him off the list because he hasn't played a full season his whole career. I mean, he's a stud, and I like him a lot. If we're doing top ten, he's probably six or seven. Like, he's right there. And I don't know how the holdout's going to affect him, honestly, because he already – He's not going to Cabo, that's for sure. I mean, hopefully he's staying in shape, but I – also, being on the San Diego slash LA Chargers, there's a lot of mouths to eat there. Maybe he's a beneficiary of everyone else being covered. Who knows? But I love me some Melvin Gordon. Number three, I have your boy from Georgia, Todd Gurley. The reason uh, he's not number one is because he can't stay healthy, and those knees, I'm worried about those knees, man. It's, but, it, you know, last year's playoff run that's, worried me. That scared me, honestly. Like, don't get me wrong, two years ago, that man was league MVP. I know Tom Brady got in, it should have been Carson Wentz until he got injured, but. He had a legit case for MVP. Like honestly, if Carson Wentz doesn't go down and goes to him after he went down, I think Todd Gurley could have got MVP over Tom Brady. Not Tom Brady hate. Just think when you look at what their stats compared to the rest of their position groups did on both winning teams. Yeah, like what I, Todd Gurley did was an anomaly for running backs and just football players. Where Tom Brady's had a really dang good quarterback season. Yeah, and Todd Gurley's probably the only guy that can say in his career. That he missed his first six games his rookie year, and still was, and then stuff. put himself to winning offensive rookie of the year his rookie year because he was just so 
good game after game after game. He's got track speed. He's got not quite receiver hands like Le'Veon Bell, but probably better hands than Zeke, who's got good hands. Yeah. He's quick in the whole spin moves filthy. Like that his his and juke moves, like his stiff arm, he he's got the full package. He's number one if I wasn't scared about his health. I know we talked about health being a, not really being a factor here, but he just misses a lot of games, honestly. He's he's got the body of a twenty or he's got the mind of a twenty six year old or whatever he is now, but he's got the body of a thirty five year old. Like and the one thing is I that's don't, what scares me too. I don't know. I like Le'Veon Bell's rounded game a little bit more than Gurley's, like nine out of ten compared to ten out of ten. And then same with Zeke. Like I like his game a little bit more, but you miss too many games, man. And I think Zeke's a better power runner and Bell's a better shifty runner. Where Gurley's a better mix of both, maybe, which unfortunately yeah. puts him at three. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm saying you're the third best running back, and you'd be better if I wasn't worried about your knees. Like that's the only catch, honestly. And, and when you have all those weapons around. Exactly. You. I was about to say. I wonder how much burn he gets as Jared Goff continues his upward trajectory. If he keeps going upwards the way he is, does Gurley keep getting fed, or does it turn more into Jared Goff's team with Gurley getting the side pieces? Whereas right now it's Gurley getting the the feed and Goff. And his Feasting bad offenses. Off of and still getting 400 yards in some Yeah, it, it's playing team. off of that. But I will say, though, if he plays all 16 games this year, no knee injury, no knee questions, no no question marks really, just like they were basically doing at the start of last year and most of the year before, he might jump Zeke, or Zeke especially if he doesn't play, honestly. Yeah. And maybe Le'Veon Bell just looks like trash, it's possible. He could easily jump right back to that number one spot. Yeah. Like, he's the, he's the guy that can either shoot up on this list back to number one, or he could disappear completely if those knees are dead. And that's what's scary about running backs in general. Um, we never know what they're going to do. They're such a short-term position that you just never know year after year where they're going to be at. It's almost better to be a fourth-round pick like a Jordan Howard so you only have to sign like a two-year or two year deal, eat those first two years, and then get paid Then get paid again at like 26 or something like that. Exactly. Unfor- eliminate the franchise tag. Anyway, moving forward. Yep. So number four for me, I got Alvin Kamara. Ah, uh, the Kamaras. You really can't go wrong because that man. No, that man is just right. He He's a guy that can catch, he can run, he can block. I mean, you don't see it often from him. He, doesn't, he didn't have to block last year because usually in passing downs where they had the receiver blocking he was or the number. running back blocking, it was Mark Ingram. And they, Galvin Kamara was your receiver. If anything, yeah. You don't put him on the field and not put him in a pass route. The dude runs better routes than most receivers. And you talk about slow feet don't eat. That dude's feet are quick, and he will run you over too. That's, it doesn't make sense what Alvin Kamara does. He just... He shouldn't be as good as he is, but he is. I've seen him get hit hard once in his career, and that was Jalen Smith, I believe it was, in that weird game where the Saints just didn't look good against that Cowboys defense at all. Yeah, once, that was, and that, that was, was a that was a crown of the helmet to the face that didn't get called, honestly. Yeah. Like, that was the only time I've seen him get smacked. Exactly. We talked about, like, Reggie Bush used to do that, too. It's like he never really got hit, hit, but when except he did, for one time. when Le- I think it was Lito Shepard or one of yeah, those. Yeah, that like, Eagles game. Yeah, yeah, or Sheldon Brown, I think it was. One of those really good corners that back in the day flipped him on his face, basically, the first play of the yeah. game. And that's kind of with Alvin Kamara. It's the same way. You don't really see him taking any big shots. And he's not afraid to run at anybody. That's not the issue. It's just... He yeah. avoids the head-on hit so yeah. well, like we talked about with, like, Zeke, with Zeke, kind of how he runs people over by avoiding him. Kamara just kind of avoids them all together and goes, yeah, he's fantastic. I love Alvin Kamara. He's, and he's, so he's, he's definitely not as smooth of a route runner as like Le'Veon. But he's I, not I, far behind at all. I, I do think he has better passing, like receiving abilities than Le'Veon does. Like Le'Veon's route tree, I think, is stuck to about three or four things. He whereas, has a running back route tree, where yeah. Kamara has a route route tree. Like yeah, Kamara, you can run a deep post-corner post, post, where Le'Veon Bell's just going to run that Texas route and smoke people. Exactly. Kamara's going to run a pump-and-go, turnaround, comeback, 360, pigtail route, whatever. You, combine it, eight whatever routes together. Drew, whatever Drew Brees can come up with, Alvin Kamara can run it. Let's put it that way. Like, Drew Brees is going to say, go to that grass on there. I don't care how you get there, and Kamara will get there wide open somehow. Exactly. And, and I do think he feeds off that Drew Brees ability, and he's picked Drew Brees' brain for so far, and he's done so well. I don't, I don't see a position where Alvin Kamara goes down at all anytime soon. I think he's, to use your term, he's got next. Like... He is that dude that is you don't want to have to scheme against because you don't know how he's going to beat you. With him, I will say the one thing is, A, he's never been the running back. He's always split with Mark Ingram. We'll see how that goes. What's nice about that, though, is in college he didn't get any carries really, which is good for him now because he doesn't have any wear and tear on him. So I like him being a sustained good running back for longer than a lot of these guys. And the way they kind of pass the ball around, spread it around, he's not going to get a 400-touch 
year. I mean, he's probably not going to get that Le'Veon Bell Zeke burn on him. No, but he'll get the other stats almost the same. That's what's crazy is he does it with like half the touches Which of is, some of these other backs. And I think that's what helps him thrive is half those touches is what makes him good because it's not the constant two yards, three yards, two yards, three yards, breakaway. He's just like, we're passing around, we're passing around. Suddenly, Alvin Kamara's open in a... It, there's yeah. no one thinking about it, an inside zone cutback or something. Exactly. And that offensive line we talked about in the offensive line uh, recording uh, show, that they do they block really well, pass, or run blocking and pass blocking. So he has some hogs to run behind. Like, he's he'll be good for a while. And from all these running backs, that he, I don't know who the rest of your list is or the rest of my list is, but he has the best quarterback to ha- out of oh, all yeah. these other guys. Like, probably, unless no you have, like, Sony Michelle or something like that on your list. Like, nope. That, so he has the best quarterback, which helps him a lot. That's kind of part of the reason I have him just off the list. The next guy I have does everything he does, honestly, but with less around him. The youngest man on this list probably Saquads, the thickest legs in all the land, Saquon Barkley. I know you hate him because he's a giant and it kills you. Those but quads, though. He is Jesus. six feet tall, 230 pounds, and runs a 4'3", 40, and is Barry, he's Barry Sanders in basically Jerome Pettis' body, just a lot trimmer, basically. He's... Shakes everybody. We Those legs are the size of Jerome Bettis's belly, and with a lot with abs on them. Basically, yeah, exactly. like, it doesn't make sense. He They're has, all muscle, whereas Bettis had a little bit of t- soft tissue there. But it doesn't make sense how he's built. He is the best running back prospect possibly you've ever seen, maybe since Adrian Peterson. Just prospect, like when you yeah, no, yeah. He catches the ball, maybe not quite Alvin Kamara or a couple other guys like a James White and stuff like that. But boy, is he not far behind? I mean, he was on the receiving end of one of Odell Beckham Jr.'s bombs. He caught how many of uh, Eli Manning's checkdowns? <laughs> how embarrassing is that? Is the bomb thrower for your team is the you know, receiver? That should be catching the bombs, but yeah. I digress. Anyways. But, and he caught all of the checkdowns because Eli was about to get smashed. I was like, oh, God, I took the snap, get the ball out. Yeah. He had how many yards rushing? Like 1,200, something like that? Like, with a mediocre offensive line. He's all, one of the biggest highlights of the year easily. early in his, in his season. Yeah, like what he did against Jacksonville, too. Is yes. that Obviously, he's not the guy you can give the ball and get like, four yards a pot necessarily he'll get you some two and one three he did, he's a modern day Barry Sanders with a little bit more efficiency I think and a little more diversity in his game but he's the best home run hitter on this list arguably I mean maybe yeah. Kamara's up there too but the amount of touches Saquads gets compared to Kamara he if he stays healthy and the Giants put anything around him anything competent if Dan Daniel Jones, Jones is anything com- <laughs> he's decent and if you put it on the young Eli and That's you put fine. an That's offensive line with him, like, this man's going to be a force for years to come. He is he's the ultimate prospect. I mean, like, we talked about, like, Andrew Luck when he came out. They talk, everyone's kind of jumping on, like, he's the next great quarterback. They kind of doing it with Sam Darnold now, Patty Mahomes. I think this dude's going to be – this guy could be number one on the list next year very easily. Like, he yeah. can – He's, he's like talking early where he could – he could, he could fly up a list and fly down a list real fast. I think he's better than even that early Todd Gurley we saw where in those six after missing six games, he's still rookie of the year. I think Saquon's even better than that was. I think he's the best running back we've seen since Adrian Peterson on paper and off the get-go. Zeke's nice, but I think... I, you, I'm not dis, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just... Put Saquon on the Cowboys and oh my God. Okay, look, if Saquon's on the Cowboys, my list looks completely different. <laughs> <laughs> even Dak can throw the ball to Saquon. Anybody can throw... Yeah, an armless person can throw the ball to Saquon. And on the same token, if you put Zeke on the Giants, he still eats. It just doesn't look at the same. Like you have. To I don't think he does. I don't think he does it anywhere close to where he's at right now. I'm thinking he puts up stats like Saquon does. Is what I'm thinking. Like maybe not the catching and the checkdowns, but I think they still put up similar yards, just in different manners. Like Zeke needs the 400 touches to get those yards, where Saquon needs 350. He just has a few more explosions and a few less. He doesn't have it. Zeke has a lot less negative yard runs, I guess, if that makes sense. He's a more prototypical running back where Saquon's going to explode a lot more yeah. frequently. Zeke reminds me of the like a sledgehammer going against a solid brick wall. You know, you it takes a lot of hits to get through the wall, but they'll eventually break through. And the weird but, part is Zeke doesn't get take as many hits as the weird yeah. thing how he does it. He and then, he does his hard to tackle. It hurts to tackle him, but he nobody hits him hard at the same time. Yeah, and then Saquon is literally a the same, you know idea except for instead of a cinder block wall it's a paper thin wall he can break any play at any point in time he just has to basically it's that paper wall he just has to finally run through it it's like the guy he has to run through that wall but he's kind of scared of water if, if you want to think of it that yeah, way exactly. once he just says screw and runs through it it's over once he gets the confidence to run through it no doesn't matter what's on the other end he will be break off a play and that's, and that's not to say that he doesn't like confidence we're just trying to make an analogy for how he runs it's kind of difficult yeah. when it's like 
three yards, two yards, no yards. Oh, wait, 80 yards in a cloud of dust. Would you look at that? He <laughs> yeah. has five, yard, five carries for 100 yards, where Zeke has five carries for 100 yards. Or they end up with 20 for 100 yards both at the end of the game. It's the way they got there is polar opposites. Yeah. So. Anyways, so who do you have at number four, then? So that was one, number four is Count Kamara. So okay, number okay, five. So we spent so much time on Saquon's quads, I got distracted where we were. Sorry, number yeah, five. Yeah, I know. They, they, they deserve their own ranking in this. Number one. Anyway, moving on. Number five. You already talked about him. Todd Gurley. Uh, the reason I had him so low on my list, I just, I, again, that playoff run last year scared me. And you saw C.J. Anderson get his, too. Like, I wonder yeah. if that offense is just... We've seen him do it in the Jeff Fisher offense. Obviously, Todd Gurley could work, but C.J. Anderson looks really good in that offense, too, even though everyone thought he was fat for some reason. But anyway. I mean, he came in a little chunky. He even admitted it, but hey, C.J. Anderson chunky is still, is, still good, is still a good running back. Like, don't get me wrong. But no, Todd Gurley, I just... That injury scare, it's, and it's your knees. And, and the first thing that goes on running backs is their knees. It's a really short lifespan after that. You know, it's like... Well, how many more years does he have? Is it is this the year that he falls off? Is it next year? I don't know. But I still have him in my top five because he has the ability to be that guy. He is that. He is so good. He's in our top five with all these question marks. Yeah. It's just I don't want to – I didn't want to put him too high and then look like a fool at the end of the season <laughs> when he only plays six games, you know? God, I hope that's not the case, but I know what you mean. It has a, it almost has a Larry Johnson with the Chiefs feel where, God, he was the best running back in football for two years. Arguably, it's him and Ladanian Tomlinson, and he's gone. Yep, exactly, and I, and that's what I worry about. Um, you know, that's that's why I have him at five. I just I left Saquon's off there uh, just for the that reason. I just I don't I don't I, he's a giant one, but two. I just I worry that he's going to be a victim of the. Of the Giants. Eli versus Daniel Jones saga that's going to play out in New York this season. And no Odell there. So it's literally Saquon or bust. Like, I'm sorry, Giants. You don't have much to look forward to going forward. That's fair. Number five, I have the great biceps of the law. Christian McCaffrey. The That man is everything that Alvin Kamara is, but I think he's better at everything Alvin Kamara does. He is a better receiver next to Le'Veon Bell and James White. Maybe Ty Montgomery, if you consider him a running back receiver. I don't know what you mean. I don't even know what to put Ty Montgomery I has. think Christian McCaffrey, in fact, he's a better receiver than Le'Veon Bell, if we're honest about it. He might not get as many catches, but that dude is a receiver that plays running back and a running back that plays receiver. He yeah. doesn't run through people. That's what I think turns a lot of people off. He doesn't Zeke it up. He's not big by any means. He's 5'11", 210 pounds or whatever it is. He shakes people in the open field, though. Like He dances on people. He makes them look silly. He, he scored 14 touchdowns, whatever it was this year, with over 300 just carries, 1,300 yards, something like that. He proved he can be a running back. He might not just cram it ahead on power row for you, but that's what Cam does for the Panthers, honestly. He's their power row running back, necessarily. Yeah. Christian, in this offense, in this modern-day era, stretch plays, inside zones, cutbacks, where you're using quick feet, reading the field, juking people, spinning. He can kind of stiff-arm people, too. I mean, he's not LaDainian Tomlinson or Malik Hookering people, necessarily. Yeah, but no, he can use that stiff-arm to fall forward. He can run not really through people, but he doesn't get ran backwards, honestly. Like, you don't I've, see people I've yet to see him really get blasted, either. Like, I just think he's underrated. He's he's a weird victim of being white at a running back, unfortunately. Some teams, some people are like, oh, my God, he's white. He's underrated. That's fair. Other people are like, he's white. That's the only reason people care. I don't care what color he is. That dude produces... He was honestly the bright spot for the Panthers here because Cam was not Cam, unfortunately. Nope. I think those injuries, like, it's going to catch up to him, and hopefully he doesn't have the Andrew Luck thing with his shoulder. I hope not. I hope he comes back ready to go. DJ Moore is really good. He's going to be a stud. He just didn't get his chance really last year, like, just with the Cam issue, and Greg Olson was in and out of the lineup. The offensive line's good, but it's not as good. That man, Christian McCaffrey, kept them in the playoff race for a lot of the year until they basically had to shut Cam down. Yeah. And even when Cam was shut down, he still feasted. Yeah, like, no, I, I agree. Chris McCaffrey, everything you said, I love the kid. He, he's good. My problem is he's their number two option at running back. Who's their number one? Are you saying Cam? Cam number? Newton is their number one running back in the red zone, I should say. So he loses a lot of touches there, and he's the number two option at receiver. He might even be number one, honestly. Like well, uh, DJ Moore, I feel like he's claimed that spot finally. We'll see. So, I mean, like I mean, last obviously year. I'm joking by saying he's the number two option at running back, but – if you watch the Carolina Panthers... Third and one, they do a quarterback draw more often than a handoff to McCaffrey. We agree on that one. Don't get me wrong. If I had Cam Newton as my quarterback, odds are, if actually, well, when I play, play Madden with Cam Newton, if it's close, 
I'm going to let Cam Newton sneak the ball for his one yard. Like, it's just what has to happen. Um, because the guy is six foot six and a monster of a man. He's like LeBron James playing quarterback. Like, Basically, you just, yeah. You let him do his thing. So, unfortunately, I think McCaffrey... I left him off my top five for that reason. Is I just don't think he eats as much as he could. If you put him on any other team in the league... If you put him on your Cowboys... I use this as kind of the the, the prognosticator, basically, because A, it's your team, and B, they have the prototypical run-blocking offensive line with a met quarterback, so he doesn't take yeah. any pressure off. He Christian eats. McCaffrey's going to have 1,000 rushing yards, 1,000 receiving yards, and honestly, 1,000 passing yards if they want him to. He probably could, and honestly, he'd probably break the record for touchdowns in the season. Uh, probably. He, he could probably have 35 touchdowns combined in a season with that team. Oh, just, no doubt. Like, he is... He is the most gifted person, I think, on this list for either of us. I think he is the most gifted in all facets of the game. I think he has the most check marks where he can do this, he can do this, he can do yeah. this. He has a bunch of 8.3s, but not a whole lot in 9.5s, sort of. It's it's the Kevin Byard of safeties for me. With a or, little bit. But he's like, he's the running back version of Kevin Byard. Like, he's just. He's so good at everything, but he's not great at anything besides yeah. maybe as a receiving running back. He might be a 10 out of 10 on that one, honestly. Yeah, but. And, and I just think he just. In the era of running backs we're in right now, in any other era, I think Chris McCaffrey might be your number one running back. I mean, withholding your Barry Sanders, your Bo Jackson, your um, I think Walter Payton-type eras. But I just think this is – I don't know, man. Until he gets a quarterback that's not Cam Newton, I don't know if he'll ever be a top five guy, in my opinion. We're going to find out because I think he's going to last a lot longer than Cam with the way Cam's, unfortunately. I think his career is in its final chapter, unfortunately, just – the way he plays and the way the injuries are caught up, he's not really a pocket guy. Yeah, so like, sure. We're going to see, though, because we're going to find out this Cam, year with weapons around Cam. Like, this is probably the best set of weapons Cam has had in a long time, if ever, yeah. with Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, McCaffrey, if Olsen's back. Them hopefully not running him into the ground with an co- offense coordinator who won't do that. Yeah. This will be a fun year for them. I like Christian McCaffrey. If you put him on most other teams, like, put him with – I think if you put him in a passing offense like the Patriots or the Colts or the Saints, oh, like with goodness. Lamar. Oh, He was with Tom Brady. It's over for them, you know what. He's MVP candidate. You put him with, like, Andrew Luck, for example, how they used Marlon Mack and Naeem Hines. You just combine those two and you got Christian McCaffrey, basically. Yeah. You put him on your Cowboys where that's your check down option as well as your lead running back. Basically everything they do is Zeke, just with a different type of runner, honestly. And a different pass catcher for a guy like Dak who's... Yeah, and it's not, like, it's not like it's not like Christian McCaffrey can't run up the middle like a Zeke or anything. He can. He just he's not required to because there is a Cam Newton on his team, and he's not a he's not a ten on his inside power yeah. row. Basically, he's like a seven probably. Honestly, like he's still a smaller guy. Like, but yeah, take him over a lot of other guys in the league. Just not the top five. Not the top five. Yeah. Granted, with those new biceps he's brought out this year, maybe <laughs> things are different. Maybe he is running up the gun, stiff arming Luke Keekley in the face. Everything we said about Saquon's quads, I think I feel the same about Christian McCaffrey's biceps. They're just they belong on, as a one B in the, uh, the the rankings where Saquon's quads are one A. He's gonna look like Thomas Jones used to at those old Bears teams where every time they would zoom in <laughs> on it, the commentators would talk about how big his arms are. Like I'm excited for this year in running back play, which is weird because yeah. they're talked about being as not as important this year like oh running backs are devalued there's some stud running backs out there all all these guys we talked about are hall of fame potential guys all we mentioned what seven total names because we had a, three guys that are the same and two others that were different so yeah seven and, total and that's names. leaving out some of these other guys that are out in the league right now like you know i can't Devontae freeman it's a good run. Tevin uh, Coleman, for Tevin example. Cole, yeah, now that Tevin he's on Coleman. a team, he's on a different team. I mean, um, David Johnson, who was on, who was that dude before that wrist injury? Yeah, I mean James Conner. Like, I mean David Johnson should be on this list if it wasn't for that wrist injury. If he's on, a, he's the ultimate dual threat running back who does has no hole in his game other than he's broken in on the Cardinals. Exactly. I mean, there's just so many options here. Sony Michelle. I mean, we had to mention him earlier. That dude can he can ball when he gets opportunities. Yeah. So it's just. It, you know, carry on, my guy, obviously, but he we're leaving him off the list as well. Like Tariq Cohen, yeah, Tariq Cohen, who, Jordan Howard, yep. And we're just the, all these guys are like they're good, but I mean, you look at this running back class that we named. We have seven potential Hall of Famers listed, depending on how the rest of their careers go. Exactly. So that'll be that'll be fun to watch going forward. And by the way, the one thing I will say about Chris McCaffrey's biceps is he got on that Ed Hockley diet. 
that's how he got him. He must, that's Ed Hockley went into retirement and taught people how to get good biceps. That's all it is. We're gonna see like one player every offseason, just a random picture of their biceps being huge. Ed Hockley working on the scenes. He'll pick one guy, take him under his wing for an offseason. They'll come back with just Herculean arms. Yeah. By the way, Ed Hockley, please come back to refereeing in the NFL because we need good refs again. We can't be doing the year of the refs again. Make refereeing great again. That's exactly. what we need. Anyway, we ranked our we ranked the running backs. It was a pretty interesting debate and safeties. Anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? Ed Hockley, give me a call. I want to get my biceps all nice and sexy like that. See it's what gonna, we can do. Yeah, he needs. He's gonna charge a lot to get you there. But anyway, hey, that's all we have time we'll for just today. We'll just bring him on the podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, and YouTube pages, Twitter. That's all we have time for today. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll catch you again next week. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.